It's the Brian and Matt Show. Matt's got a mullet. Brian's got a big ass beard. You can pull it. It's the Brian and Matt Show. With all things insurance and random tomfoolery. The Brian and Matt Show. All right. Welcome to the Brian and Matt Show, formerly branded the Matt and Brian Show. I'm still upset about it. I got put into second fiddle and I'm still. Still not happy about it, so I'm still going to call it the Matt and Brian Show. Welcome. My name is Matt Hahn. I'm here Brian with Blair. Brian Blair, the now supreme co-host. Uh, I'm going to call you. I'm going to call myself the host. You're the co-host. Bosses make boss decisions. <laughs> I don't even have a business card. <laughs> and we are joined with Christy Burzak. I pronounced your last name correct, right, Christy? Yeah, good job. I'm, I'm surprised. It's my married name. Still there getting used to it. There you go. Have you ever seen on radio shows, they'll do um, like the married name or your like your maiden name, which name was better and which name you chose? Have you ever seen those skits on radio shows? No. I think so. I always live for those because I'm always like, oh, man, their married name was freaking badass. And they went to Adams or something. <laughs> they went to, <laughs> to something crapper or something horrible. So it's funny a... you said that, too, because that's actually my second married name. Okay. Adams. Adams, you <laughs> son of a gun. This always, so this always happens. You're talking to people about, like, baby names, and they're like, oh, we're thinking of naming, you know, we're trying to come up with baby names, and you're like, oh, God, you know a name I hate is freaking Gary, and they're like, oh, that's my dad's name, and you're like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> my wife's got a friend, and her, her name's Candy, and she married a guy years ago uh, with the last name Cotton. And so her mail, her mail comes to her cotton candy. That's I'm awesome. Dead, I'm dead serious. That would be, that'd be a badass name. I kind of wish my name was cotton candy. I feel like that's like an exotic dancer's name. I was going to say that too. I was like, all right. Nope. She's a ranch girl. She's a nice lady. You never know anymore. You never know. The world's crazy nowadays with TikTok. So welcome, Christy. Uh, you are also an insurance agent. Brian and I, for those of you who don't know, me and Brian are also insurance agents and uh, partners in Agency Elephant. Christy is a insurance agent out and where? Oh, I'm in Northwest Indiana. Okay. Uh, one, don't even know where that is on the map, so congratulations. <laughs> uh, just kidding. So how long have you been an agent, Christy? Um, going on almost five years now. Uh, we opened our own agency a year ago, two days ago, actually. So. Oh, well, congratulations. Thank you. What did you do prior to opening the agency? Um, I was sales at Allstate. Okay, perfect. So you've been in the industry a total of how long? About five years. Okay. Um, one of the reasons we brought Christy on is because um, we like to talk about all things insurance, all things processes, and all things random tomfoolery on this podcast. Um, one of the things, or one of the reasons we brought Christy on is we started to notice in our inner circle of Insurance Soup and in our private agency elephant um, Facebook page and all of those other things that we're involved in on Facebook, we noticed Christy was generating a ton of leads for her agency and has been doing so for a little while and has really perfected um, a little niche in generating leads. And we wanted to bring her on because we thought it'd bring a lot of value to our listeners on the podcast. Um, so we do recommend you take a ton of notes from what Christy is mentioning because what she does really, really, really well, um, and we have a few other users that run these as well successfully, but Christy's numbers have been through the roof incredible. Um, and she runs yeah, very a, a ton of ton of leads doesn't even, I think, cover no. what it's no. like, what's like, what's heavier than a ton. 
uh, a kilo. I don't know. I don't you know. <laughs> hey, this is the wrong podcast to talk about kilos and bricks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, an exorbitant amount of leads. Christy is, we've, we've self-proclaimed her to be the giveaway queen. We have Adam Ryder, the giveaway king, who really came into the scene a couple of years ago, running a lot of successful giveaway campaigns and really started his agency, um, coming out the gates pretty hot, running giveaways. And then Christy came up kind of out of nowhere for us. Um, and has been running successful giveaway campaigns for a long time. So we wanted to bring her on and pick her brain and um, hear when she started it, hear what she's like, what she's given away, hear some of her processes and some of the things she's learned throughout the journey to give you guys a leg up um, on trying to generate some activity for your agency. So tell your, us your first, your first post of results. And I think it was like, it wasn't but a few days in, Yeah, I think. Like, I thought you fat fingered a number. That's how, like, <laughs> that's like usually just, what agents do. They're like, ah, you know, I got 10, but I'm going to say I got 70. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so tell uh, us about the giveaway you're running now. Tell us about a little bit of your numbers and we'll do some history after that. So what are you, what are you running right now and how long have you been running it? Well, the one that you're referring to, I actually just ended about a week ago. Um, my agency, we do one every month. We try to do at least one a month. Um, we have like a two-day overlap, usually at the end, to kind of keep people uh, going and keep them entering again and again. Um, and the one I'm doing now is something completely different than I've done before. We're kind of experimenting with it. And it's a choose your prize giveaway. Um, so we have three prizes that we're focusing on Six Flags season pass, uh, season pass to Brookfield Zoo, or they can choose a season uh, year pass, I should say, to a place called Bella Boos, And that's like a, a child play center near us. Let's talk about your, what you said right at the beginning just now, because that kind of goes against the grain of, I think how everyone does giveaways, at least in my opinion, like once a month with a two day, like overlay that is aggressive mm. like how many how many links do you have in that chain like how many times have you how long has this process been of one a month one a month one a month since before we opened actually okay. we started our first giveaway in may of 2021 and we started it about a week before we opened and it was the the brookfield zoo giveaway that we had that was that blew up last month we plan on doing it in the spring every year um and it had so many entries and we hadn't even opened yet we had to shut it down after nine days <laughs> because we didn't know what we were doing we didn't have that process in place yet we just winged it and <laughs> it, it did really to talk well to. yeah exactly um get a little bit of brand recognition out there and it it you know we had to shut it down it was too much for us being brand new we didn't even have our like system we had no automation set up or anything yet either so sure. well without that it was insane it was just like dropping a bomb in your agency trying to do that whole thing manually i'm sure exactly and then it kind of set that expectation that any giveaway we had was going to do really well which isn't what happened and yeah. you just kind of learned from it and expanded grew and you know the, the best thing you can do from those failures is move on and learn from them. So one thing when you rattled off the pick your prize deal um, and then knowing what you were giving away for the, this last one, the zoo pass with the massive results, do you always gravitate towards prizes that are experience related or like, 
that's uh, so far that's been your common theme like you're 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 doing giveaways around experience driven things six flags passes zoo passes have you ever done like a tangible item or have you always done experiences i try and stick around experiences um it's different than what anybody else really has a lot of people give away like um xboxes playstations yetis things like that and if that works that's great good for you i for me my target audience i don't think that that would appeal to them as much especially since a lot of different kinds of companies give away those kinds of things um my focus my main target audience is young moms, um, young women in general. Women tend to enter these kinds of giveaways more often than men. So I try and gravitate towards the young moms that want to do things and have experiences with their young kids. And not only gravitate to towards them, it sounds like you're marketing directly towards them. You're targeting specifically in Facebook groups, ad campaigns, or other things like that, where you know those people are at, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I go out of my way to join. So I guess where I would start is last year when I opened my agency, and I was watching Claude, the, the CAC videos sure. and getting started um, with those. One thing that struck me was to write down a list of all of the town names in our area and find a couple Facebook groups for each of those towns, the community groups, not the sales groups. The sales groups don't have nearly as much of uh, an interaction. Sure. It's a different, them. it's a different mindset in those groups. Yes, exactly. You know? Definitely. And that's what I did. And I also looked for homeschooling groups, mom groups, um, things like that, fun groups and joined those. And it's, it's done really well. Did you reach out to like the admins of those groups to get their permission to post your giveaways in there? Or were you just winging it? No, I didn't. Um, I know a lot of the times people say to, but what I try and do to a lot of these groups, they don't want people spamming their groups. They uh -huh. don't want businesses and ads all over everything because it's supposed to be more of a conversational thing. So the way I structure my posts is they are not salesy at all. Sure. They, are, they don't even come from the business technically. They're coming from my personal Facebook page and it I word it as I'm giving back to the community and this is how I'm doing it um, or my businesses, my local business. And it, it, it hits a little bit better with people, I feel like. Sure. definitely. And, you know, to be honest with you, it's great for group um, activity and for like one of the things we know from running a Facebook group is depending upon the activity in the group, depending on how many people are active in the group, it has a direct reflection on how often those groups posts are showing up on people's timelines and feeds. And so having a post that has a lot of activity that's generating a lot of views and generating a lot of, you know, likes or comments, et cetera, does help the group out as well, which is one of the reasons why um, I know we talk about like, hey, you, you should be or you can reach out to that admin of the group or some of the moderators and let them know what they're doing and make sure it's OK, because it benefits the group directly by doing that. It's right. activity. It's um, showing up in people's timelines more. It's getting more people to, to join into that group. Um, and so there's definitely some positives for the group itself. But tell me a little bit about this recent giveaway you did. Um, 
you were giving away annual passes to uh, the zoo over there and you were targeting your mom groups and all those things like you talked about. Tell us a little bit about how long you ran it because um, some people are very interested on what's the ideal length of a giveaway. Um, and tell us a little bit about your process for starting the campaign, um, where you placed ads and where you got activity and some of the results or what were the results you saw from that one giveaway specifically? Well, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll start with, I generally run them somewhere between 30 and 45 days. Um, that seems to be just kind of a sweet spot where people still remember them. It's not like it's in the back of their mind or something like that. And when you have automation set up, that's reaching out to them a couple times, it just reaffirms my business, the name of the business and my number, my face right in front of them over and over and over again. Um, so I ran this really successful one that we did last month from April 15th to May 27th. Um, I planned on doing it through May 30th, but because of the holiday weekend, we just decided to do it a little bit earlier and get the ball rolling. Um, we had 2,506 entries in that time period. Um, we had 357 people say yes to quotes from that so that's about 14 percent we were averaging 17 to 20 percent throughout most of it but the last week that people entered it was just rush entries and they didn't really want quotes at that point sure um of those 357 that entered 287 of those filled out quote forms okay. so we got all the information from there that's 80 percent of those um a good thing that came from that too is I was able to get statistics. One of the questions I asked was, would you prefer to be contacted via phone call or text? And we had 90% of people say text and 10% on call. So you can see that a lot of people nowadays, they want to be contacted at their convenience. They want to have this conversation when they want to have it, not necessarily on the phone forced to have it. And I mean, when I was with Allstate, I didn't text at all. It was all calls. All of my sales were calls. And I've transitioned over the last year or two into mostly texting. Most of my sales are made almost all the way over text. Well, if you're thinking and, about it and you're only doing it via call and you've got a 10% amount of people that want to have a conversation via a phone call, you are missing out on 90% of opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. And it's been really nice. And I think a lot of people, uh, agents in general, they want to build rapport with people. You can still build rapport over text. I have lots of people where, you know, for instance, we use agency elephant and you can send GIFs, you can send GIF, GIF, whatever you guys call it. It's GIF. <laughs> it's, it's GIF. It's, it's GIF. GIF. It's always it's been GIF. GIF. It's always been going to be GIF. It's always going to be GIF. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> and um, being able to send pictures. And I also do a breakdown comparison for their quotes. So it's easier to compare. I'm not just sending them an email where they have to navigate the, uh, the premiums and the coverages and figure it out. I send them a breakdown that is overly simplified for them to be able to just compare it to their current and know right away if the coverages need to be changed, if the premium is better, things like that. It's a lot easier for people to make those decisions themselves without feeling like they're being forced to make that decision. Okay, now tell us, how are you getting these people to opt in for a quote after the entry? What's your process for that? So I try and keep the uh, the entries in general, really, really simplified. You are doing a little bit of data mining, obviously, but what I really try to get is their name, 
their phone number, their age, and their address. And name, obviously, so we can call you as the winner. Age, because some of our giveaways include alcohol, so we only allow people that are 21 and older uh, to enter. Um, address, because we mail some of our prizes. And um, phone number, obviously, so we can call you and tell you if you're the winner. And at the end of it, I asked just a, a very nice, easy question of, hey, would you be interested in having a conversation about your insurance? Okay. That's exactly how I word it. It's not, do you want a quote? It's not salesy or anything like that. And then the answers are yes, please, no, thank you, or current customer. Okay. I don't, a lot of people, they say like, yes, or no, not at this time, or no, I don't like saving money. And I mean, that works for some people. I don't care for it. I'm trying to not sound super salesy. Sure. I want the whole thing to be focused on, listen, I'm giving back to you. Sure. Type of a thing. And people recognize that over time. So are you sending out um, through your automation drip messages and whatnot saying like, hey, we'll give you an extra five entries if you opt in for a quote at all? Yes, I am. And to be honest, it doesn't have nearly as high of a success rate as you would think. Um, it works for some people. It does. But sure. for me, not so much. And that might be something I need to work on. Maybe my wording in the text needs some work. Sure. But I had over the last couple of days, I had 90 texts go out to client or prospects. And only six of them said yes to quotes when offered 10 extra entries. Okay. So, I mean, that's still generating six opportunities that I didn't have the, the time before that. So it's great, but it's not as big of a return as you would maybe think. It's very interesting she's doing it this way because that's kind of backwards to the way most people run giveaway campaigns. They right. they get the they don't have the do you want uh, are you open to having a conversation about your insurance? Um, they don't have that typically in the entry form because they want to get the entry and then they go after that quote afterwards, which is usually people's game plan. I'd say ninety percent of people do that depending upon their state. Um, and it's very interesting that you're having one, it, what interests me more, what interests me more about this, that whole statement you made was you're running a giveaway that's opting in over 2,500 people to enter into the giveaway. And you're getting hundreds and hundreds of people that are saying yes to a quote over 300 people saying yes and 250 plus quote reforms being filled out, which is huge. But what's interesting to me is you're saying, hey, um, that's probably something I can work on in my verbiage to change but you're already running one of the most successful giveaway campaigns that I've personally heard of. And that's interesting to me to have a perspective of like, yeah, I mean, I probably could change something and edit something or do something differently to see more results when you're already. I think, I think it comes down to her really just knowing her audience better than most. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, I agree with you completely. It's either that or people in uh, Indiana really love going to the zoo. It's one of the. It's, it's <laughs> they either one of those really love things. animals or <laughs> or I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, so how many giveaways have you ran in the past? If you've been doing approximately fourteen, 14 okay, and yeah. out of those fourteen, what was the worst giveaway you've ran? What was your entries on them? What was your flop? The one you wish you could take back? Mm, I think it was a family photo shoot. Okay. that we did with a local photographer. And I actually, before I launched it, I did a, um, a survey. I gave them three options and said, hey, what do you think we should do for our next giveaway? Because at this point we had still just opened. I didn't know what to do. Sure. I just knew I had a budget and these were what fit in the budget. What do you people want? And they said, 
um, they said they wanted that photo session. And I think we only had like 150 people enter if that, and to, I mean, for me, that's a flop for other people. That's right. great. That right, would, yeah. that would be great for them. Um, but I averaged, um, I think it's like 468 entries for every giveaway I've done. Okay. Is your average. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so in looking at that average, you know, okay, anything less than the average isn't a successful giveaway. In my opinion. Correct. Have you? <laughs> no, you were still you, ROI positive on that giveaway, I'm assuming, correct? Oh, definitely. Yeah. H- have you uh, Have you redone the same prize before? Like, have, did, like, did something hit and you're like, we're going to do this again next year? Like, do you recycle some of these also? Yes. Okay. Um, so we try and mix it up. Uh, we have a giveaway, a contest, and then some other kind of just fun, small giveaway. So uh, what we did, we started doing it in the fall. Uh, CJ Hudson Pillar actually put up a Halloween candy contest where you fill I, a jar. I hate with that them. guy. I absolutely <laughs> hate that guy. But keep, keep going. They, you fill a candy jar with Halloween candy. You put a bottle of booze in it and ask people to guess how many pieces of candy in there and they get the candy and the booze. And we had like 300 entries on that the first time we did it. And I think total spend on that was like $50, $60, if that. Um, And then Christmas was coming and we decided to do candy canes. So we did candy canes with that and had over 600 people enter. Wow. Um, Then we did Jolly Ranchers just for fun, I think, in February because we didn't know what else to do. And that had probably about 400, 500 entries. And for April, we did jelly beans. And... I think that one had like four to 500 entries in it. Oh, okay. that's it. That sucks. That sucks. That's um, a horrible giveaway. <laughs> so have so, it. Hold on. Hold on. Now I got to, I want to see how far down, like how far do you project these things out? Like, do you have your game plan set for the next three months, the next six months? Like from this point forward, you know what the next one's going to be. How far down, like how far into the future are you, is your planning in, in your process in that? Usually quarterly, but I have some kind of idea in my head. Um, And I've had it also change at the last minute where I'm like, oh, this is what we're going to do. But no, we're going to change it because the one I'm running right now, I actually didn't plan on running it until the end of June. And I decided to switch things up last minute because something didn't work out timing wise with getting the other prize. Um, So that's that's just kind of how that worked out. So I know you're, you know, you're the agent. Do you have staff and do you have their input on these things? Like I know as an insurance agent, our names on the door, like it, it, it always reflects back on, on us, but are you getting opinions from teammates on things to do anything like that? It's myself and my husband. It is. So... You don't want to hear what he has to say. No. Forget that. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what my wife would say. She don't care. She don't care what I say. I appreciate his input, but you know, it's wrong always on both ends on that, you know, (laughs) Yeah. if you're married or you've been in a long-term relationship, you get it. (laughs) Let's switch gears for just a brief second. What's it like working with your spouse? Because when, when, from my personal experience, um, I'm in my eighth year now. And that was a, that was a thought that went through my head, right? Like maybe my first employee should be my wife. And then, like the more I thought I asked some people that worked with their wives or husbands, vice versa. And it was something that I didn't pull the trigger on um, challenges with that or no. 
Oh, of course. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were a little bit different, though. So we started dating seven years ago. I was actually his waitress when we met. Um, and then he decided to explore insurance. He was in the insurance industry for about five, six months before he said, you know, you would really do well in this. So he actually got me into insurance with Allstate. We worked at the same agency for about uh, four years before opening our own. Gotcha. And so we, we kind of knew working with each other. Um, but opening your own agency is a whole nother monster to tackle. Right. It's not just sales. It is everything, you know, and it, it helps. There are so many things that he does that I couldn't do. And I know vice versa too. And it, it just really helps. It balances when you have the right person. But I mean, of course that takes a toll on the relationship sometimes too. I yeah. mean, me and Brian feel that too. I mean, we're basically married at the same time and we, <laughs> we, we do compliment each other well, but I mean, you're definitely right. I mean, when you're working with anybody, any type of partner, whether they're a spouse or not, they should compliment you on the things that you don't do well. Um, and it should be a, you know, it should be a team mindset. You're absolutely right. But that, I don't know if I'd want to work with my wife. I love her to death, but I don't know. I feel like I would bog her, I feel, my wife, I feel like I would bog her down. Like I have a tough time sometimes leaving things at the door and yeah. I bring my work home and I bring, you know, my frustrations home. I think I'd have a tough time, you know, being nice. Yeah, not be. Yes. That sounds really bad. You you know what I'm saying. I though, do. Right? I think I'd have a tough time bulldozing in the business because I already know that's part of that's that's something I obviously know I have to work on is bulldozing. And I feel like mm. if it was in the business mindset in the business world, I'd be like, no, this is my agency. This is what we're doing. And I don't think that would be healthy. <laughs> I think I, I kind of wonder like how much further ahead our agencies would be if our wives. They probably would be better. <laughs> so much more money i call i always say matt's the little brother i never wanted you know that's kind of our yeah. our relationship and we spend countless hours a week doing just this and um and i think we complement each other well you know like we always say when we're when we're talking with you know with a customer or with someone asking about automation they'll say hey how's the best way to do this and if matt and i came up with the game plan to to fix that problem individually it would be two different routes to mm -hmm. to fix that problem and you know having someone to bounce those ideas off does he have much like input in the giveaway does he help with the automation or the verbiage or is that all you mostly me um is he it? he helps when it comes to like choosing the prizes and the input there um and prioritizing definitely when it comes to things like this, but I actually build the campaigns and uh, do the advertising, things like that. He does a lot more of like the, the management and the sales side, um, which I also do a lot of the sales, but it's, it's a nice balance in that part. And one of the things we did when we started is we wrote down what our individual responsibilities would be. And Love that. Uh, knowing that, when we did that, whatever we were discussing at that point in time, the person who was actually in charge of that would have the final say in that. Right. And so what, what being you able said, to respect that. Spoken said, if, you, if you read if you read between the lines, <laughs> what she just said, Matt, was that she's more valuable than her husband. I heard, heard that too. I heard that too. <laughs> did you hear that? I, I heard, heard that. that. And yeah. but I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. You should have spoken expectations in any type of partnership situation, whatever that looks like. There definitely should be spoken expectation of what you're responsible for. Um, 
Back to the giveaways, because I'm curious, and I know a lot of our audience is going to be curious as well. I feel like people don't get into giveaways because they're intimidated and they're scared to run them first. And then second, when they decide to run them, they overcomplicate the process on running them um, and make it too difficult to get entries or too difficult to get quoting opportunities. You'd mentioned that you do a quote form, which is interesting to me because I have always had the perspective and the opinion, which... Could uh, I'm completely open to always being wrong on what my opinion is. I have no problem doing that. Um, it's not ego-based for me at all. I have no problem seeing a different side of the coin. I've always felt that when you run a giveaway, it needs to be as easy to enter, as easy to op in, opt in, and as easy to get the person to get the quote done. And I've always been bent towards saying, do not have a quote form because it creates too much of a hurdle for the end user to get through the form to be able to actually quote them. I would rather ask the questions one-on-one -on -one and manually as opposed to do a quote form because some people's quote forms I look at are eight pages long, 60 questions mm -hmm. long. How long is your quote form to get over that hurdle? My thoughts are exactly yours on this. Um, it's not the same form. That's how I do it. Okay. Is the form links to a separate form. So they're already opted in. Okay. It goes into a second form, and that second form only asks five questions. Okay. And it it kind of just barrel rolls after that. Um, I have automation set up where, depending on what they say, it'll send them different texts. Too. Okay. So the conditional automation, and I mean, I was doing it without the conditional automation for a very long time too. So you can okay. you can one hundred percent do it without it. Um, you just have to do a little bit more manually. And I mean, that is really what it is, is you want it to be quick and simple. You want so whatever you're not you have asking like important questions on there that you need to get a validated quote. Like what's the age of the roof? What kind of foundation right. do you have? What kind no, of siding no, do you have? I think a okay. lot of agents get stuck on that. I yep. feel like, like once someone, like once that, that fish hook gets a little nibble, like they're reeling and jerking as hard as they can trying to land that fish from the first step. And it's more of a, <clears throat> it's more of like a dating process, like a rapport building process to get those things. And honestly, with, with technology and what we have available now, I can find a lot of that information with a little bit of legwork. Like if I need to yeah. know your roof age, like I'm going to find it. I don't need to put it on. It doesn't need to be one of the 60 questions, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. And I think that's a, a big part of it too, is I'm literally almost asking for the exact same information that they already put in the, the entry, just so I can connect the two. So I'm asking for their name and their phone number. I'm asking what company they have right now, what lines of insurance they're interested in, and if they would prefer to communicate via text or phone call. So and you're not even they, getting date of birth. You're getting none of that. No, I do ask for their age though in the original form. Okay. So I do have the year of birth, which helps for quoting. A lot of people they're more comfortable giving their age than their birthdays. Sure. So it's it's a little bit easier once I've built a little bit more rapport with them to actually get that exact birthday, but I have a general sure. idea. So what you're that's, doing that's is you're, put, you're putting together a quick quote based upon the address that they've already given you because you're mailing your stuff there. You're putting together a quick quote. Um, let's call it a home insurance quote. You've got their age. You've got their address. You're putting in general information based upon looking at Zillow or other, other platforms to get an idea of what the home looks like. So you can mm -hmm. quote it relatively accurate and get somewhere in the ballpark and delivering it. 
And then after you know if it makes sense or not, then you're going and grabbing the alternative pieces that you need to get a validated quote. Exactly. Yeah. And no matter what line of insurance they suggest uh, or they select on there, I, the automation I have automatically texts them and asks for the names of all the names and ages of all the drivers in the house and what vehicles they have. Even if they didn't select that they were interested in auto insurance, because if you own a home, you probably own vehicles. If you're looking for a business quote, you probably own vehicles, Uh, things like that. So it just, it's really assumptive and assertive. Somebody that I had as a mentor said, be an ass be assumptive and assertive. And that really stuck with me over the years. And that's just kind of how I've tried to model a lot of what I do. Sure. That's a little, that's a little nugget for our listeners. Write that down. Assumptive be an ass. and assertive. I like that. <laughs> I no, do you do, you do have to assume the sale in a lot of capacities and, and you know, you're definitely right on that. So with your giveaway processes, you have conditional automation based upon how they fill out the forms and those forms that they're filling out. I'm assuming it's like a jot form, right? Yeah, I would suggest using JotForm right now. I'm using Wufu uh, just because I had a year membership with them. But JotForm seems a lot more customizable and easier to understand, especially for people that are just getting into it. So once my subscription is up with them, I will be doing a job form. Okay. Yeah. They do make it very easy to do conditional stuff to, and based upon those answers, you can send stuff out to whatever tool you're using to handle that automation. Um, what has been the biggest, uh, takeaway from the start of your giveaways to the end of your giveaways? What has been the biggest thing that you've learned needs to happen in that giveaway process to have the most conversion to quotes and conversion to sales? What's the one thing that you would say is priority to have in your agency set up to run a successful giveaway? Only one thing. I'd say one thing. <laughs> um, hmm. I would say the biggest thing is choosing a target audience and trying to stick with it consistently. Okay. Um, the next biggest thing I would say, make it non-salesy. Okay. Uh, you don't want it to seem like you're gathering information. Like I said, you're doing something for them. You're not gathering your, that information. People don't want to think that that happens to them nowadays, even though no matter what they do, that's happening to them all the time. And I always want to keep it short and sweet. Okay. And what was the game changer when you started that first giveaway and you're running them all manually and had to shut it down? When was the pivoting point that you started to realize I need to run my giveaways on automation? What was that pivoting point? I, I always had that idea in my head, but I didn't know how to set it up. Sure. I knew it was possible, but I didn't have the right tools or knowledge for that. And, um, agency elephant definitely helped a lot with that. I had a system before agency elephant that did the bare minimum of it, but it didn't do a lot to be honest. So it really, it really was a game changer when it came to follow up and uh, that automation from it. What is your, like, if you, if you had to choose like on a scale of one to 10, like how techie are you, or would you consider yourself? I think, I think a big hurdle for a lot of people, they're like, I know I want to run this. I know I want to do this. I know I need I automation. Know, I know I need automation, um, but I'm either don't have the confidence to, and honestly, just doing the first giveaway and knowing that it's not going to be perfect. A lot of agents don't even have the confidence to launch their first giveaway. Yeah. They, yeah. they they watch, they they sit in the shadows. And, and they if they don't massive, get $2,500 or 2,500 yeah, oh, entries, they failed. 
yeah, if I don't get 2,500, then it's not worth it. And it's like, no, man, like it, it, if you get a hundred, that's better than what you had, you know, and, yeah. and, and you'll know how to fix your process, but what would you think, or what would you say is your level of quote unquote techs? I think that's a stigma like, oh, well, Christy just did good because she worked in it for 10 years and she's smart like that. And I'm not like, what would you, what would you say to someone like that? See, it's funny you say that because that's kind of what I did before. Oh insurance. God, that ruined it. Play the fucking outro music. Play the fucking outro music. We're done here. I know. I would say though, the level of tech experience, you would need to start it from scratch completely. Um, probably somewhere between a five and seven. Um, if you already had the tools and just somebody to walk you through it, oh, you could be wherever you wanted on that. You're you're just, you know, walking through and just following the step-by-step process. Sure. But what I did, I wasn't an IT, but I fixed cell phones for years before um, for a small shop that we actually share a building with now. I could fix an iPhone screen in under five minutes um, completely from scratch. So that was just kind of what I did, and I loved it. And being able to take that experience, and I, I did all of our marketing for that office too. So taking that experience and applying it into insurance and expanding on it, I mean, if it's one thing I've learned over the years is no matter what you did before you were in insurance, you can take some nuggets from it and apply it to that job. Sure. Agreed. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things about giveaways too. Brian had mentioned it a second ago that one of the stigmas with giveaways is, you know, if I only get 50 entries and I only sell, you know, one, two, three policies out of it, however many it is, it's a failure. Um, but if you're looking at it from the perspective of, okay, even if I don't break, or even if I'm not ROI positive on this deal, my giveaway cost, maybe I gave away an Xbox and it cost me, you know, 500 bucks, 600 bucks, 700 bucks, whatever it is, plus ad spend. And you're writing three policies and you're, you know, writing $400 in commissions, you know, $300 in commissions, that renewal still gives you that ROI because they're probably most likely going to stick at least one renewal. So you are ROI at least on one renewal. But if you're looking at your giveaways correctly and you're using this as an an avenue to generate leads, it shouldn't be a once and done. It should be ran where the most successful giveaways I have found is the most successful giveaways happen after the first one because you're pre-opting all of those previous people into your next giveaway or giving them the option to do that. Like you're staggering your giveaways so that they're finishing one but starting the other and you're giving all those people i would assume the opportunity hey you know we're running our next giveaway this is what we're doing here's a link to pre-opt into that giveaway is that what you're doing yeah so that's why uh, another reason why i have that overlay is um i put it out two days earlier so that one it'll draw some last attention to the first giveaway sure and uh, i never even thought about that yeah, it's just something fresh and brand new right there. And when I do, I do all of my winner announcements on a video, whether it's Facebook Live, a recorded and edited video, uh, something like that. It's not just a post or something simple like that. I want them to see me. I want them to sure. see my agency, that, that it's an actual person. I'm not just some person who lives in Timbuktu that they're never going to yeah. know. You but know? hearing somebody's voice is important. Yeah, definitely. And... Um, when I'm doing that announcement on a video, before I announce the winner, I announce our, our next giveaway. So they're forced to watch that small part and listen and think about it. And when I announce the winner, 
it encourages them. They say, oh, look, they actually are giving these out to actual people. I should enter the next one. And I always will put the link to enter the next one in that video. So they can just simply click it. And I had 1,200 views on our announcement video over the weekend. And I think about five, no. I, there were there were quite a few. I mean, that night, my it was my birthday last week and my husband took me to Medieval Times and we were sitting in Medieval Times and my phone was just like this Non-stop, because I yeah. get an email for every single entry. <clears throat> and I was just sitting there and I'm like, I got to go through these. I got to mark them so that I know and make sure. And he's just like, put the phone away. <laughs> You're like, good, yeah. good news, babe. We can pay for supper tonight with all these leads. <laughs> <I> know, <right? laughs> no, you, you know, are, you are very interesting. I will say that. Um, you've oh, gone, you. you've gone, like, <laughs> you've kind of gone against the grain on the typical giveaway and the strategy. Like, it's different. You're, Matt and I were t- not talking, but messaging back and forth last night, the difference between branding and marketing. And mm-hmm. you're, you're very, very, very well branded in your community. Yeah. And that was a huge thing too, is I don't even, the last time I honestly paid for any kind of advertising was probably back in October. And even then it was just like $50 thrown into a Facebook ad. Yeah, sure. And a lot of people, they're always asking me, you know, well, what are your ads? How are you advertising this? And I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I am just making a post once every week or two in these um these community facebook groups that's it and what you've done is you've it's just like with anything it's a snowball right everything's a snowball when you're talking about lead gen and one of the biggest problems i see with users or not users with insurance agents that are running giveaways is starting that first giveaway is hard getting the processes and deciding how to do it and running it and having a flop is hard having anything that doesn't go as well as you were hoping and whatever that number in your head for entries of what you're shooting for missing that mark is hard to swallow but you've got to understand it like a snowball Christy has been running giveaways almost every single month, if not every single month for the last year and has ran 14 giveaways doing this and has created this snowball that is moving. And because she's always pre-opting and doing the next giveaway right before it ends, or even if you did that right after it ended, whichever direction you're going with, I think it's smarter to do it before it ends. But a lot of people have a hard time starting a new giveaway while one's going like one's going and yeah. starting the new processes yeah. and all the entries and all the forms and all the automation, making sure they're not crossing over any lines and it's working correctly. That can be overwhelming for people, but it's a snowball just like anything else. And so getting that snowball going takes effort, takes time, takes money, and it takes understanding your processes and tweaking those processes because your giveaways aren't running the same way they were running when you started them in the beginning. Oh, correct? No. Oh no. <laughs> so I'm going to assume that you get a lot of like collateral um damage, collateral, you know, people in these groups. Are you getting inbound phone calls or anything from people that know like and trust you? Maybe they don't come to you in the giveaway form, but they've just seen you so much in these community pages that when they get that renewal, they just pick up the phone and call you. Like are you getting some of these stragglers like that too? Uh, I would say not as much as you would think, to be honest. Um, It does happen. It does. Um, Most of what I have is set up over text. So it's not necessarily phone calls, but random texts, or they go to my website and we'll fill out a quote form, which that was a huge thing too that I did is on my uh, website, I created an entire giveaway page. 
And the giveaway page lists the winners and what exactly they won every single month. So if you scroll down, Ooh, there's a long that. history. Dude, that's and, awesome. Yeah, that's and so it, smart. it automatically will make it seem a lot more legit to people. It validates not just what somebody. you're doing. Exactly. And wow. what's what's awesome about it too is I did this, I started this last month for the first time and I'm going to continue it from now on. I linked, when I posted in these groups, I said, you know, here's the what we're giving away. Click on this link to enter. It linked to my website on the giveaway page. So I am getting traffic to my website. And on the website is um, a button right at the top that says enter the giveaway here. Love so that. they're going there. And then at the end of the giveaway, when they hit submit, if there's no next step, it links back to my website again. So traffic consistently. And as soon as they get to my website too, something pops up asking if they want a quote. Sure. Uh, every single time. So are you so, sending one of like the strategies with quote follow-ups that we've heard a lot is when you're in the quote follow-up in some type of drip automation is sending them like, Hey, hear what past customers have said about us and sending them a link to their, to their agency website that has, you know, all of their Google reviews listed out where it's showing what people have said. You're, you know, picking the top, you know, 30, 40, 50, um, reviews that you're having on there from people in your agency and they have a review page and they're showing them, Hey, look at what people are saying about us. Are you kind of doing the same thing in your drip automation of the giveaway? Like, Hey, take a look at some of our past winners, or are you doing that just on redirects from a form on your website? That is almost exactly what I'm doing. Uh, the first text that goes out to people when they enter the giveaway, and if they said, no, they're not interested in quotes, it says, hey, thank you for taking the time to enter our giveaway. You can check out our past winners here. And it's a link to our website, which they've obviously been to two or three times at this point, but it just continues going back. And it's in their text messaging with our name and phone number attached to it. And then I believe it's five or seven days later, they get a text asking if they want to get a quote for 10 extra entries. And again, it links back to the website where there's a quote form that they can fill out. Interesting. Yeah, that's very impressive. Interesting. Yeah, and it's, but it, it's something but it, that's built up and it, it gets tweaked over time. I mean, there's no set in stone way to do these. And I think that's one of my favorite parts about them is you try and you fail different things. You figure out what works and you keep changing. I mean, technology nowadays is evolving so much and people's viewpoints on things are evolving every day. And being able to incorporate that and find out what works at what times and even different times of the year. Certain giveaways are going to do better in the summer and spring than they would in the winter. And being able to figure that out and navigate it and target people from that, it's, I mean, there's an ocean to swim in with it. There really well, is. And you've absolutely thought, I mean, and, and like you just said, it's always evolving and changing, but you're right there on the cusp, cusp of that change with the foresight going forward to say, you know what we need? We need a, a, a giveaway page that shows all the winners. Like so many people I think would have given up after one bad giveaway or two bad giveaways. And they just, they're like, well, this doesn't work. A lot can be said with a lot of different things in this industry. Oh, I'm not going to buy leads. They don't work. Well, maybe you need to work them different, right? Like yeah. the, your, your vision of what it looks like and the process that you've built in the like constant change and better in evolution. It's just, it's really impressive. Well, one of the things I think is the only way to accomplish that kind of change and evolution and a giveaway to add new steps and processes and tweaks them or in tweak them is 
completely based around the tools that you're using to run the giveaway, right? You, If you're manually doing the giveaway every time and you're manually doing all the entries, you're manually trying to get quotes from it, you'll never be able to add more things to the plate or tweak them because you're overwhelmed with the work of doing it. And you only have 100% to give every day. You only have 100% yeah. of your time that you have. You only have 100% of your, your brain space or capacity or ability to work. I don't care how many times of here you got to give it 110% today. That just means you were giving 70% yesterday and you're giving 80 today. You know, mm. I don't I don't care about any of those. I just think they're big raw raw things. You can only give your max that you can give. And if every giveaway you're running and you're manually doing it, you'll never be able to step back and add new processes or even think about adding new processes because you're busy dealing with just running it. And so to have a successful giveaway, the common theme that I am seeing is in order to have a successful giveaway, those giveaways have to evolve and they should evolve to make them more successful. But the only way you can evolve them is if you're using the right tools to get yourself out of the work. So you're not working in the business, you're working on the business, you're not working in the giveaway, you're working on the giveaway and having the right tools. And we said it on our last podcast, Brian, where we're talking about you need to take action on whatever tool you have, because whatever tool you have that you're using is going to be better than any other tool that you get that you don't use. And so Mm -hmm. starting out with a tool previously prior to being on Agency Elephant, which is great, we love having you as a client over there, but prior to having us as into Agency Elephant, Doing it with that tool that wasn't as had all the bells and whistles and all the features was better than doing it without that tool. Yeah. Right. And so that's that's the common theme we really want to we really want to push to people is it doesn't matter what you use. You just have to use it. Yes. If you're trying to pull, you know, a huge boat with a half ton truck, it's not going to go so well. But will it go better than trying to pull it without a truck? Probably. (laughs) Probably. Right. You know, what's your your fascination recently with like you trailers? we call them pickups here, but whatever. That's a California. That's a, that's South, a Midwest. California thing. South. You Dakota call thing. things supper too. You're like, what are you having for supper? And I'm like, well, for dinner, I'm having X, Y, I and say Z. supper. Yeah, oh, that's I a Midwest you. thing. Thank you. Thank you. I also have people. pineapple on pizza. I do. Oh, so we're gonna cancel yep. this podcast. <laughs> we're not gonna. We're not gonna post this one. Well, we yeah, really, right. we really do appreciate your time, Christy. You've done an incredible job with giveaways, and it hasn't come from the help of us. It hasn't come from the help of you know anybody else. It comes from you putting in the effort, putting in the work, seeking out other people for help, but they don't make your giveaways happen. They don't start the process. You have to do it. So it comes with a big amount of legwork, a big amount of foresight, a big amount of planning, and you know some risk that goes into starting running giveaways. And so we do want to commend you for that. It's all about action taking. So kudos to you for being our giveaway queen. Well, thank you. And I, I really do want to help other agents too. And having me on here and giving me that opportunity to share a little bit of knowledge. Your um, DMs are going to blow up now. <laughs> you, hey, you did this to yourself. Yeah, people are going to say, can you help to me with the ad? Can you help me with the ad and connect it to this? And it's like, no, that's, you know, that's a little. By the way, Christy's cell phone number is 342. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even tell you the area code of Indiana. I've never been to Indiana. Never been either. Never been either. <laughs> You're not Hoosiers, much to be Hoosiers is one of my favorite movies, if that means anything. Like the movie Hoosiers is fantastic. That's never all I know it. about Indiana. What? Never seen You've it. Never seen Hoosiers. You've never no, seen I Stranger did. Things? I've seen that. I don't think that's I have. based in Indiana. Oh, is it? really? 
That yeah. is, you're right. Hawkins, Indiana, yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, anyways, Christy, we really appreciate it. We hope you have a great rest of your day and another successful giveaway. Um, as always, you can always ask Christy questions in our Agency Elf and Facebook group. She is pretty active on there. You do not have to be a user to be a part of that group. It's there to help people um, use whatever tool you are using. Um, because that is going to be the best tool for your agency. And you'll know whenever the time comes that you've outgrown whatever software tool you're using. Um, and if and when that happens, talk to Christy because she is a master at giveaways and running successful automations for that. Um, she's very, very good at it, better than I am and better than Brian is for sure. Because um, I have never ran a successful giveaway. I've never even tried um, so kudos to you because that is something that would be, it'd be hard for me to do, you know, to get over that initial fear of doing it. Um, cause there is fear in running a giveaway, you know, fear of posting mm -hmm. all those things, fear of just, you know, the insecurity of doing and whatnot. So kudos to you on doing those all the time. They're very, very successful and help your agency significantly. Um, other than that, we appreciate you guys tuning in. I feel and like we have to play the intro song as the outro every time. Should we play the outro intro song as the so. outro? Yeah. Yes. 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 If only they knew what the real intro song was going to be. It's the Brian and Matt show with all things insurance and random tomfoolery. The Brian and Matt show.
It's the Brian and Matt Show.